Welcome to the IEEE Future Networks podcast series, Podcast with the Experts, an IEEE Future Directions digital studio production. In this episode, we discuss Future Networks applications and services with Narendra Mangra, who is co-chair of the Applications and Services Working Group of the International Network Generations Roadmap. Narendra is also a principal at GlobeNet LLC. I'm Brian Walker with the IEEE Future Directions Digital Recording Studio. Narendra, thank you for taking some time to contribute to the IEEE Future Networks podcast series. You've talked about a sustainable ecosystem framework for 5G applications and services. Can you explain what that is and why we need it? Uh, well, actually, um Applications and services, when you think about it, is a fairly large uh, area, and we needed a way to organize all the different types of applications and services we have. So, for example, you may have uh, cases where we have a drone that may be used to deliver a pizza, or may be used in a public safety context for um, looking at a situation for determining situational awareness. Um, so, there are different. Uh, the same uh, application and services may be used in different ways, and may have different requirements for that. So that is the reason why we, we needed a conceptual framework that not only looks at it within the context of an ecosystem, but also um, among the different ecosystems to make sure that they're connected and that they're aligned with each other, as well as that it's, uh, it is also sustainable in that it is long lasting. Um, it is upgradable and actionable, and it's not something that we're going to need to rip and replace uh, very frequently, it's something that's going to be there for some time. So do you see a common framework that can be effective across industries and applications? That's an excellent question. We've thought long and hard about what, is, what are the best ways to approach the subject. And we wanted something that has a common structure that we can build upon and it's easy to understand uh, across the spectrum. So um, one area that we looked at is really more of a supply management framework. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean it from a business uh, aspect as far as business relationship but more from an information flow. So for example, if we're looking at a continuum of care model for healthcare, we're looking at a patient-centric information flow and best ways to optimize the, the supply chain across that ecosystem. And the same applies for an event-driven um, uh, framework for public safety and a recovery continuum and mobility for multimodal models for transportation and so on. So the first edition, actually, uh, we, we looked at five key uh, ecosystems that includes healthcare, public safety, electricity, uh, water, and transportation. The new ecosystems that we're targeting for the second edition includes agriculture and education and entertainment. So how is this overarching ecosystem of ecosystems approach more beneficial than current systems? It allows us... Um, and that's an excellent question because that kind of follows uh, from the, the framework that we're using, is that we have the ability to, to break it down into different pieces. And by that, what I mean by that is, say for example, the public safety ecosystem, we can break that down into to five different mission areas per se, that includes prevention, protection, mitigation, uh, response and recovery. And within each one of these areas, then we can treat it independently. And that gives us a lot of, uh, flexibility as far as how do we align that particular ecosystem to make one stage work well with another, as well as uh, looking at how e different ecosystems are, are, um, are aligned. So how does public safety impact healthcare? 
and how does that, how does that impact transportation and so on. So we're looking at also at the inter-ecosystem interdependencies and touch points, and at the end, um, a community or, or a local uh, leader can uh, use that, whether it's a municipality or, or even at the national level, can look at that and combine all of the different ecosystems at the stage they happen to be at, and that may be different across communities, and to be able to use that to achieve the common objectives that they have. So what are the pros and cons of different deployment approaches? So one, one uh, area that, uh, that came out of the, the overall framework was how do we apply that? How do we make this practical and still provide a, an outlook between the five to 10 year mark? Uh, so we looked at a, the common uh, the method that uses the use case classification that you may be familiar with, uh, that's uh, enhanced mobile broadband, uh, massive machine, uh, machine type communications, and ultra-reliable low-latency communications, also known as uh, URLLC. And, and that is great because it has a key set of considerations that we should take into account. And, and they include high data rates, low latency, uh, connection and traffic density, reliability, and so on. But we wanted to look at it um, from a different angle. We wanted to look at it functionally first. So we broke that down into the different components of any future network considerations. And that includes the access components, whatever that may happen to be in a future network, and the service delivery. Some people may uh, uh, align or associate that with, um, with uh, edge or core networks, for example. We're looking also from an operations and uh, network management and the customer relationship point of view. And the fourth uh, stage is also uh, looking at it from a network interoperability point of view. So it may be a cellular to cellular interoperability, or it may be cellular to some special purpose network that we have. So this, this allows us basically to take into account not only the technologies, um, but also the different constraints that, uh, that may apply across the board or maybe more localized in nature. What are the enablers of this approach? The primary enablers we're, we're looking at, we're looking at it from two different aspects. So within the ecosystem, there may be certain drivers in place that we need to take into account that's really more, that is more um, aligned with that ecosystem. So key drivers, for example, healthcare, maybe HIPAA constraints or, or requirements. And, um, uh, we're looking also from a common uh, ecosystem-enabled point of view, and they may differ in the degree of priority they have, but they certainly apply across the board. And they include uh, areas such as security, privacy, trust, position determination, artificial intelligence, and machine learning, and so on. So we take that into account uh, for common and enablers. We also um, have a very broad perspective, so we are open to different types of technologies, whether it be satellite, uh, terrestrial cellular, Wi-Fi, or um, even fixed networks. So we're using a combination of all of them. And um, together, we're looking at it with a, with a broad technology agnostic point of view uh, to assess the different areas. So how do you anticipate this approach will be a benefit in the event of extreme weather, a future pandemic, or other disruptive event? So um, this framework can actually be used um, to on a more of a, on a broad level and on a localized level. Uh, first and foremost, we can look at the treating any of the extreme weather, or pandemic, or any other disruptive events, uh, whether planned or unplanned, within its own respective ecosystem. So what that means is, for example, uh, uh, case in point, uh, COVID-19, 
we can look at it as a healthcare problem because it is, a, uh, it is first and foremost a healthcare problem. Uh, so we can see how can we adjust this uh, use this model for supply and demand mismatches. And by using the supply chain construct, it may be information flow to help with um, increasing the manufacturing capabilities, the need for deployable converted hospitals, and really making sure that we have the supply um, of care available where it is needed. As from the demand aspect, we can look at it from uh, the common methods such as social distancing, dissemination of information for preventative measures, and uh, also to help with uh, fitness development, which is also very helpful to help prevent um, uh, in any areas related to healthcare. Secondly, we can use these, um, this framework to see how does it touch different ecosystems. So uh, COVID-19, uh, we know uh, uh, impacts um, the workforce. We know it impacts the food supply chain and education and transportation, and the list goes on and on. So if, if an event happens to be sustained, then it would create a more of a shock to that particular industry um, that makes up that ecosystem. And, um, and that is something that we will also need to take into, a core, into account for the model, and it does accommodate that need. And third and, uh, and, uh, and lastly, the communities may be able to use those combined capabilities that may be different again across, com uh, across the different areas to, to use it for this full potential to address the common objective for that local area. So are non-technical areas such as privacy, trust, and ethics under consideration? Absolutely. Um, this is a key consideration. In fact, we started working in, the, in these areas uh, in the first edition, and we will build on them for the second edition as well. Um, so data governance models, privacy and transparency, they're, they're essential really for uh, developing contextualized data models and basically for, to be able to optimize uh, this, the different ecosystems um, so that we can uh, continue to build and get the value out of them. Where can people go to learn more about 5G applications and services? Uh, for, for the first edition, uh, uh, anyone listening can go to the IEEE Future Network International Network Generations Roadmap, and they are found at futurenetworks.ieee.org. You will see the first edition for application and services, as well as the work from other working groups. And um, there's also a webinar that was held uh, in January 2020. Uh, that is also at the website and under the, the webinars tab, and you'll be able to see um, uh, the, all of the different working groups there. Thanks, Narendra. In closing, what would be your call to action for anyone listening to this podcast? Uh, we would love to have uh, additional volunteers. We take a broad approach, as you can see, and um, we, we are looking for, uh, for different uh, volunteers with backgrounds in technology, uh, ecosystems, or uh, different types of enablers that can help move uh, the effort forward. Uh, we take an interdisciplinary approach uh, to develop this, and uh, really what the, the end goal is, and, uh, and I hope uh, we have more volunteers that can help provide diverse opinions, is to provide a high-level perspective and projection of how the industry could, provide, could evolve, uh, to highlight any common needs, to identify any of the challenges we have to achieving these needs, and to provide solutions. So a diverse skill set is welcome. Um, and uh, aside from application and services, there's also a number of working groups. In fact, there's, a, there's about 15 working groups so far, um, and they're, they're, they address different um, diverse and challenging areas as well. So 
uh, volunteers are, are definitely welcome and um, we look forward to seeing more. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IEEE Future Networks podcast with the experts. Discover more about the IEEE Future Networks initiative and inquire about participating in this effort by visiting our web portal at futurenetworks.ieee.org.